I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to the GAA Hour with Dermot Ling on Sports Joe. Hello, hello, and welcome to The Hurling Show. And what... Uh, what a morning! What an afternoon to be to, to be here to digest the the magic of the experience yesterday. Um, Dave Herity, welcome. Dermot, how are you keeping? Current uh, Kildare manager, but of course uh, Kilkenny great as well. Um, and Niall Morn coming in with the most outrageous background. Is that the actual background, or is this one of the settings that you have on on, on Google yeah, that you can we, have this amazing we, uh, back, amazing paddock. Limerick background <laughs> Limerick paddock background <laughs> no we got the background cleaned especially because you were hoping to throw this baby up for auction there for the uh, for the Ryder Cup so for all your viewers there the number will be coming across the screen there if anyone fancies 2027 renting out a house there might have to be cleaned inside first though and packed with a glove <laughs> you can knock four or five thousand off the price to clean it inside themselves. Um, <laughs> celebratory mode last night where you were back in Limerick. Did you stay local or was it into town or is that all kind of ahead yeah, of you for the next I, couple of days? It was just uh, Ash. Look, it was a magnificent day, Gizzy, to be honest. I, I hardly had a drink. We'll, we'll probably make up for that now later on today. We have our ducks in a row for, for later on in the evening. But um, Ash, look, even just there in, in Dublin afterwards, we, we hung around Jury's Core Park before for a little bit and obviously after it. And, I was in good company there, David. I'm surprised he actually tried to make it. Um, I had the good fortune <laughs> of meeting his wife, Kira, for the first time, and I'm sure she's going to be beatified at some stage for having to put up with that lad for the whole night. <laughs> however, however, she managed to drag him in. I don't know. You might get How did she drag him out, I'd say, was the question. Uh, that was one of those moments. You know, the next morning you wake up and you're going to go on, we're okay, aren't we? Like, no, as in, I didn't, <laughs> are I didn't do it. Yeah. Are we? <laughs> yeah. Are we? All right. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, no, we're okay. I was like, yeah. love that. That's all right. Great. Then you know it's a good night. Yeah. Straight away yeah. you can tick it off and go. Did okay. I did I yeah. cross that line? No, no, you didn't. You didn't. Sorry, I'm used to you. Um I suppose there's a little bit of forgiveness anyway, and that you'd be caught up in the occasion and there's a disappointment and there's yeah, you're just you're 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 feeling the disappointment of of the loss. I don't know, is it is it like that? Is it is it the fact that like they gave it they they did everything they could. Yeah. Do you know if you, if they don't do it? you come away disappointed because you're annoyed or something inside you frustrated that they didn't do what they could have done. But it seemed like the deed. So you kind of come away thinking, well, look at it. Like, it's not as hard to take as... No, like, it, just the occasion itself, it was a it was a, it was a cracking match. If you look at the last few finals there, the one last year was over after 15 minutes. The year before, you know, it didn't against Waterford, Limerick against Waterford. Brilliant win for Limerick, but it just it never really ignited that year. Yeah. And then Tipperary, the sending off in 2019, that wasn't great. So you're probably looking back to 2018, the the Galway Limerick one when it was actually a cracking match and yesterday was it was it was a brilliant match but I just never felt Kilkenny were in control they needed no. to get that start they needed to get the start that Limerick did and and once they did they felt that they had him at arm's length even when Richie Hogan got the point to level it up in the sixty third minute I know we might talk about Richie again it was brilliant to see him coming on but then Limerick just went straight up the field and got five points in a row like mm. they just they're in control they're they're set up where I was in. Uh, 
GPA had, thankfully had invited me and I was in their box but we're at a perfect level just to see the movement of the Limerick forwards mm. they are a phenomenal team Are you looking at that now a little bit differently as a manager are you thinking you're, thinking you're looking at set up you're looking at how they're moving what they're, like you're not following the ball in the emotion of the game as much as you used to no, be No yeah you know you're right because, and it is kind of difficult you know like you're not even nearly clapping as soon as the ball goes over the bar you're kind of looking at who's organising and what's going on mm. but I, I, I couldn't get my head over the fact that just say TJ Reid would have a, a free now everyone I think every manager nowadays has you know when w- they have a set play if a scoreable free goes over the bar we're going to do X, Y and Z we're going to be in a spine we're going to push up our forwards we're going to try and create sp- space here we're going to load one side there's always something but every single time Limerick changed it up every mm. single time there was a free somebody is orchestrating it mm. and it just looked like you know Will O'Donoghue pushed up there one one stage uh, um, both midfielders did Another time then I said they're loading, another time then they just, they're on the spine. Like Kenny hadn't, they were run ragged. Mm. Like I think they got 15 points off puckouts, their own puckouts. Mm-hmm. But they are, they're, they're just a serious team that know their tactic in, inside out and that they just never seemed <coughs> that, that they were ever going to panic. I think it's wonderful to watch really when you get, when you get a team together like that and Canark obviously and, and John Kiley together for years and Obviously, the players are there together. Do you think uh, Nigel might be able to tell me more? But it's it's a thirteen of the same team starting. Yeah, two thousand and eighteen, I think it was. Like they are just an incredible team, and it's it's very hard to know where they're going to be stopped. Even if you have Peter Casey and Keane Lynch coming back over the next few years, yeah, or next year, like properly. Yeah. And and what the, and what's creating that, uh, or what that creates, like you know, when you're if you're seventeen now in Limerick and you're looking at this level of success and whatever's going to be like the place is sold out for you know there's going to be 40,000 inside Limerick later like there's there's 20,000 dreams of young fellas there coming you know in the next three years that's going to all come like they're going to train harder and harder than in other places I think because they've got this they've got this platform like you know it, it breeds so much success it breeds I, so much success it does yeah and everyone wants to get into that setup then mm. as well even though I remember like even in I, I played under 21 in in for a few years there, and then there was a bit of a gap. I wasn't on the Kenny set up in your. When were you twenty ones? What what what, what I was, year? No, you. I wasn't playing the year you were there. I was two thousand two, three, and four. Two, three, and four. Okay. So we won it in three and four, but then there was a gap. I wasn't on the senior set up, but then you started winning all Ireland's, and you're kind of going, Jesus, uh, you know, is this bubble going to burst now? By the mm-hmm. time I get to the actual seniors, are, is they are they going to stop? Stop performing and stop winning, and but Jesus, no! As soon as you kind of got in, they kept it going. I was lucky enough; I got in then in eight, mm. and then it was nine and eleven and twelve and fourteen. You know, there were yeah, yeah, there was, and you can probably you can see that again with Limerick as well. I, I obviously keeping John Kiley for as long as as they can is probably going to be the number one thing. He's just such a he just looks like a brilliant manager. Mm. There's no airs or graces about him. Every time no. he talks, he just I know he's obviously a school principal as well, and he knows what he's saying, but. He, I don't know, there's just such respect, I think, for him, for everyone. You just know he's the kind of manager who'd probably, he looks like he'd go out of his way just to do absolutely anything for you. Mm, yeah, I in a very sincere, in a very sincere that's way. That's exactly it. There's great sincerity in him. Niall, what's your, it, it, it's, it can be hard to judge a character almost, like, you know, because you end up talking about somebody as if you're putting like, it's like almost putting a limitation on somebody to say, well, this is what I think they are like, you know. So I, I understand that it's not necessarily an easy thing to do, but what John Kiley and Paul Kinnerk in creating what they've created, like how, because I think he had that under 21 as well, the two, three years of success that he had, a particular group came together and it's not just good players, it's fellas who like each other and there's a great bond and a great buzz and so you work hard for each other. Obviously, Kenny had it too. Um, this Limerick team seems to be the same, but it does require a management around that. Like, there is stories that come out or there are fights in the middle of it. It does need man management and then Canark brings the whole other level of the tactical awareness of the game. What do you see the two of them doing that's more valuable than anything else? I suppose the first thing you'd have to um, say about themselves and their team is that they, they operate with such um, with such synergy. But again, mm. go back to what David says. Like every time you look at John, obviously he's just very common sense, straight kind of a guy. But he's so empathetic. And I suppose like one of the incidents that threatened to undermine Limerick mid-season this year was the discipline issue with obviously Pat Ryan. And like Pat Ryan's a very very good guy. He's so well respected by all of people who know him and uh, a lot better than what I do and uh, by most of all by all his teammates but he dealt with what could have been a very heated topic in such a kind of soft manner and it was kind of mm. not swept under the carpet but it was dealt with the way it had to be and 
what you will find there is next year Pat will be back in and chomping at the bit and he respected what, what John did but maybe going back to what you're saying is like there's such a synergy in how they operate and like even Paul there we saw last night in the Sunday game Paul didn't want to be seen as being the face of it and ultimately John is the, the face of it mm. um, I suppose look there's so many parts to the puzzle and, and John just ties all that in and it's coming then with probably a team or a generational team but it's too simple just to say that they're a generational team yeah. Um, like David spoke there earlier on, like as about a, a twenty twenty one year old who wasn't on the Kilkenny seniors, and now the carrot was dangled in front of him to improve and strive to make that. When our own experience here, and probably the same with yourselves and Wexford, Gizzy, most lads didn't improve a whole pile beyond the age of eighteen or nineteen. Yeah, and I, and that's not meant as a a slight on anybody who had them as management, but if you didn't make it by the time you were eighteen or nineteen. Okay, you probably weren't going to make a county panel in a lot of cases, but more importantly, you didn't improve. And what we're seeing year on year with this team is that they're improving. But even going back to what you're saying earlier, like about the puckouts, like the one thing that was predictable about Limerick all year was that they're unpredictable. Like various teams came with various. Their setup is predictable. Their 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 the the positions are predictable, which seems like a weakness. But they, as as David is talking about there, like what they do is very unpredictable. But what they do is unpredictable, but like I suppose where I'm coming at there, okay, and in general play, we know the setup, but we have to remember that offset plays and puckouts, that like they are obtaining possession. Like you look at your half forward line yesterday, they won 17 puckouts. Like mm. that is phenomenal. You look at Hagerty alone, he had 22 possessions. Himself and Tom Morrissey together, they had 32 possessions in the game. But what you have there, and I know they paid reference to it over the course of the year in terms of moving to the half forward line, but like. There is such an intrinsic knowledge within that group of players. Like normally you'd see a 31 or 2-year-old on any team or a club team or whatever else. He'll be calling the puckers because he has that, that wealth of knowledge or that depth of experience that allows him to foresee movement patterns, foresee space that no longer exists. But what you see with that half-hour line is they're armed with that kind of knowledge but you have William Tell is inside in the goals, all right? And, like, when you have William Tell inside in the goals, he is pinging it, man. And, like, and with, with due respect, it. like, to, uh, John, it, it was, I, again, like, adore Owen Murphy as a goalkeeper. It was the first time, like, I, maybe, you know, David, he's a goalkeeper, he might recall other times, but it was the first time I thought he just looked jittery. The pressure came on. Like, Dermot Burns' point, it was fantastic execution of skill, but it was a poor puck out. Do you know what I mean? Even some of the sharp puckers, they weren't going to hand, but that is where, and we've ultimately come back to it, and I said it probably a few times earlier on there, and lads are laughing at me, Nicky is the most important player to that Limerick team, and that's said with the greatest respect to everybody else, including Keane, Perler the year, but the one guy, that, like the one day that Limerick looked really poor this year was actually against Cork in the league, and that was no disrespect to Barry who stepped, stepped in, in for him, but his standards are so, so high. And mm. therein lies probably, I suppose, with the knowledge that the boys have acquired outside to create that space, his puckouts are getting out in probably about five seconds, which the lads are buying a second in, in their runs. Therefore, they're getting on clean possession. And to me, that's why teams are finding it so hard to break them down uh, in set plays, especially. Yeah. I thought I was surprised with Colin Lines or yesterday letting the ball go as quick as he was. Yeah, there was times where like a wing forward it score a point and the wing back would run over to the far side and or, or to be a free and the man whose man whose man took the free yeah. would get the short puckle straight away. It was almost like you're doing a training match. It, that's exactly what I was looking at, and and like like that's why and it worked both sides. It wasn't yeah like it wasn't again, a, Kenny got one thirteen off theirs and but the the big thing I was looking back on all the kind of stats there from yesterday and it was put up there on Twitter yesterday. There was very little. You know, you're trying to look for one thing and going, geez, that's where they got. Yeah, big. yeah. But everything was pretty much bang on. Kenny got one thirteen off put their own puckouts. And yet, you know, you're saying that about, about Owen, but it's still one thirteen. I, I just think they had to kind of work for it. It was it was out of nearly pure genius, like you're hitting it down on top of TJ. And yeah. Nearly there was he wasn't moving into perfect space, but it was just the long puckouts. Uh, Limerick won sixty five percent of their puckouts, and Kilkenny only won forty two. That pretty much was the only difference between the two yeah. teams. Obviously, the the extra few scores, but just the ease I think at which Nicky was able to find his men. Just one thing, uh, it may be a very stupid question, um, which I'm full of as well, is with a short puck out, when they record the stats yeah. and you say a short puck out went to the corner back, right, that's the puck out and that's yeah. a short puck out. But when he ultimately gets stood up and, and just turns and drives at the same length essentially as yeah. the keeper and they lose that because the wing back catches or whatever, is that... 
counted in the it would be puck counted, out strategy. It would be counted in the, in the, say, the Twitter there. Yes, they would have just went, Kikenny had 10 short puck outs, they won 10, so that's 100%. But anyone who's actually a proper analysis team will have it that the ball, Sean Flynn had a brilliant article there last week up on, uh, again up on Twitter about this, that Limerick <coughs> are the best in the whole country at retaining. So they'll give the ball to Sean Finn. He might knock it off there to yeah, my yeah. case. who gives it to Declan Han. But it's the retention rate on the far side. That's the way he judges a short puck out. So if you get the ball to the full back, he gives it back to Nicky Quaid, then Nicky Quaid hits it up and Gerard Hegarty wins it. Yeah. Then that's counted as one. That's one from one. Yeah. Um, they're up at 65% of that. But most teams, Kenny would generally be about 43. Okay. That was, that's the, the stats. He did every single puck out this year and the retention rate. But it's just the fact that they, like you're saying, when they're on the field, like th- their ability to be able to be in a corner, be nearly able to suck up the pressure inviting Kilkenny forwards into that area and mm-hmm. then a quick pass to Hannon and Hannon sprays it off up then to Morrissey up there or into Galan or whatever like that, that 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 they're able to just then find that space they it's nearly like they invite everyone in just to create that false yeah. false security here that you have us and then it's just a quick switch and it's up to the far end of the field yeah. but like even even Jesus again Nicky Quaid looking back in the highlights there this morning coming out with the ball having the vision Garon Hegarty just coming out to midfield just just mm. And just turn around then and not a bottle just popping over the bar there from about 90 yards. Jeez, I don't know. Is the there, I don't effortlessness know, is there, of his striking is phenomenal. Has there ever been a player like uh, TJ Reid, definitely, but just the, the physique, the physicality of him. Mm. You know what I mean? He, and just the crispness, the, the ease of his everything. strike, everything about him. He's like, he's the, he, he was unmarkable yesterday. I was having he an was arg- unmarkable. I was having an argument with Jerry Keegan about this <laughs> after the match yesterday. He was like, he's not, he looks like he's going in third gear every single time he has the ball. Like, again, on the puckets where we're at, he just makes one step to the left and then mm. runs to the right and then just has these long strides and he's out picking up the ball. But it doesn't look like he's sprinting. Mm. But that's it. It's just the effort of everything, the, the ease of everything that he's doing. I don't know if I've ever seen a hurler that like him to be mm. honest with you mm. that, that is in that sweet spot between height size skill speed oh, he's like fairly crazy. fairly ideal to throw David Blanchfield out of the way <laughs> with about 5 minutes to go and knock it over yeah. about 110 yards out. yeah now we had to bring you back in there out of the the base and sun the Paste the arms on you there. Needed a, you needed a bit of relief, so it's good. It's good to have you. It's good to have you back inside, safe and well. Uh, we were talking about Gerard Hegarty, just and that notion of that little bit of, yeah, his his response to the criticism in a way, and how that's honed his playing. Some in, in some respects, I think he's so good that he actually needs something like that anyway to inspire him a bit, because it's like the game almost seems too easy to him at this point. Um, but he does play with a little bit of. Yeah, I I don't deserve this, and I'm going to show you. And I felt that last point typified that. Yeah, I suppose like people say about Garod, like he, as again, he's a guy who just lives in the road here. Would know his father Ger very well, but actually probably wouldn't really know Garod at all. But um, like he obviously a wonderful guy, but he kind of plays because he with this kind of fu attitude, like and. I said, like, in 15, he would have been wing back in that 21 team that would have won the All-Ireland. And, oh, I don't think anyone at that point would have kind of said that he was a guy who was going to want to be the star that he is. I actually don't, I don't think he was on his minor team at his goal. But mm. to me, he just strikes me kind of a guy, like, to say that, okay, well, you're not going to pick me for a minor team. I'm still going to go on and get better. I play very well for three matches. I play poorly for one. You're criticising me when I'm going to shove it up to you. I get penalised by refs unfairly a lot of the time when I'm going to shove it up to them there the whole time. And I suppose the one thing is he just physically, he is untouchable. I said, like, he was like a guy at the summer camps that was supposed to go up to the under-12 group and he actually ended up going down to the under-10 <laughs> under group. So now he's bigger by two years yeah. than everyone else and they can't actually touch him. And... You know, there was times there yesterday when you say, can you just go in and play with the other other team's ball? Like, you know, because, um, look, but again, in the same breath, all right, I think Kenny will have regrets on it. And uh, and again, I, I probably, I'm not trying to be nitpicking here, but I suppose a couple of years when Shamie Cannon did probably Joy Holden over for nine points, time to Ireland, eight or nine points, like the criticism that was labelled that time was the change was never made. And yes, yesterday the change was made, but the horse kind of bolted at that stage and, do you know what I mean? David Blanchfield did well for a few minutes. He was on him. Obviously, Groves had picked up a point. So, like, who would you? Who, who would you? Happen. Is there anybody? Is there anybody you would have seen and said, "Jeez, I, I wouldn't like to see him on Gerrard now because it'll quieten him." I think it was like to be fair to Fintan Burke. The previous match, I know Gerrard was off form, but you, you kind of be disingenuous to Fintan Burke. You have to sacrifice your game playing against Limerick, all right. And it was the one thing in the first 
early on, like when Limerick seemed to be fairly dominant, I thought Richie Reid in particular was made redundant. I thought, mm. I thought tactically, like for sometimes, I, I obviously Kenny had the work done, but I thought tactically a little bit of what they did was a little bit naive. Um, John, like if you look at in terms of the long ball, or I don't know, just probably early on. Like uh, it, honestly, it was a superb game. Okay, for a, the last twenty minutes was a phenomenal contest. Phenomenal contest. Now, the first fifty, you if you argue as a neutral, yes, the level of scores was excellent. But the level of ferocity and the contest, it couldn't be comparable to go back to not nine, not ten. It was only in coming down the home straight that that real ferocity came. And a part of me thought at the time that I thought Richie Reid was made redundant. And I thought it was only when Kikini played this game of poker, when they pushed up completely on Limerick, that I thought they actually started to get gains. And I think with Limerick, you just have to, there's either two ways you can go here. You can grow with the impression that you're going to get bet by 10 or 12 points, or you can push up on them, take your chances, okay? Have man on man. And I thought in Galway's case in the first 20 minutes, I thought Colin, or first 15 minutes, I thought Colin Manning didn't exactly know where he was going to be, supposed to be. And I thought Richie Reid yeah. fell into the same trap for a little bit yesterday. And I, I do think that in Garo's case, come back to the original question, Galway pushed up, manned up, and whatever was going to happen in behind you, let it happen. Like Because there was times there yesterday when Nimerick were two on two with 60 yards of space. And normally as a coach, you'd say, close down the space. But with this against this Nimerick team, I think you've actually to do the opposite. You kind of have to break the conventional rules of defending in some shape or form and, and just go for it, push up, and let you be beaten by 15 points. Because without taking that chance, you're not going to beat them. And if anybody probably wants to know why the Clare gets such gains, as well as matching them physically and all the rest, I think that's why they came the closest to beating Nimerick this year. Yeah. Pushing up on the half back line and their delivery on the midfield and their delivery like it was not letting it get in with that little bit of pace taken off it was bouncing 10 yards in front of the forward that ideal ball it seemed like yeah if you, if you could push up and be brave enough to do that and I thought I thought that's what I thought that was the only way Kilkenny would go about it in a way like um, yeah I, th- I think they came in with a game plan and they do, they they just they stuck with it mm-hmm. from hell or high water really uh, the Richie Reid you're dead right I stood back in the D and he tried to protect the area. But you're like, unlike the semi final there where he was on 24 possessions yesterday, Christ, he, you know, he was redundant. I know he got a lovely beauty of a score then. Mm. But there wasn't, they completely bypassed him. And yeah. it, again, it, like we said earlier on, Nicky, Nicky Quaid is coming out and just passing the ball to Gerard Hegarty, no one around him for 30 yards. It is one of those things, when, and it normally was with Kenny, you follow him out to the 65 and then leave him off after that. Mm. That's gone when you have Garrod Hegarty who can just turn around and hit it over from 100 yards with someone on him. Like it, yeah. it's, you have to had to push up at him. That's what they did in 2019. <laughs> they pushed out. They kind of left the the full back lane, left you uh, Lawler in there, and the full back lane left him on one on one, and and he was well able to mar- mark Galan. Actually, he did very well in him yesterday, even though it's three points off it. Especially as well, then you have Owen Murphy behind, who is mm. a natural outfielder who plays as number six, yeah. who can sweep in there. I think you nearly have to trust him a little bit more, and especially when the the Limerick. That's don't go for goals. Like so yeah. it's not like Flanagan's going to get a ball, turn you, burn you. He's mm. always going to go for the point. Mm. So again, I think you could have. I think now says you, you, they should have pushed up. They're half forward and got one thirteen from play. Mm. And apart from that, like you know, I know Hegarty got uh, got one five, but Jesus, what and about another seven assists? I'd say. Yeah. But getting fouled, he was part of every single thing that was going on up there. They should yeah. have just pushed up on him, and that was it. It was. I'd say if Brian was looking at it now, he probably would have said yeah, David Blanchard should have been on a lot earlier. Even catching the ball over his over his head for the the winning score was it was a smashing one. Yeah, but they're I'd say they'll regret that. Yeah, big time because it's 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 not too often you have a team like that, like an absolutely historic team that are as good as they are, um, and you have them by the throat. You have a chance. You have ten minutes to go, push up and try and just mm. go on with it. But like then again, you, you could also argue and kind of go. They did what they did. If maybe if David Blanchfield had hit in that low ball there instead of going for his point the last, and they could have worked a goal or something. You know, there wasn't that much in it. Yeah, there was something looking at it definitely where I think I think everybody felt that Limerick were going to win it. Who were who was at the game as yes. well? Like in even when. 52, 53 minutes there, there was like all of a sudden everyone sensed that there was a, a battle 
there was a battle opening up and, and actually as soon as I because I was, I was at the game with a friend of mine Mark who was his first All-Ireland hurling final and I was like this is this is it now like this is where it's this is where the magic is going to this is where it's going to it's going to be 20 minutes now where these two are just going to go at it like two yeah. sluggers and I thought it was really coming and then two or three plays just kind of broke down and it dissipated again and there was something about uh, there was two or three times um, who was it just looking through it now maybe Mike Carey Paddy Deegan maybe Keen Kenny I'm not sure it was Mikey Carey was one of the backs anyway uh, the ball was coming up the wing under the Hogan stand and he leapt forward he, he, he committed over committed yeah. to the tackle and I thought well that's what they have to do. They have to go for broke. So you have to overcommit or you have to at least run the line of overcommitting. But maybe they would have been better overcommitting in push, pushing up. So within the system of holding back a little bit and then overcommitting, it's not really overcommitting. Whereas kind of going for broke is a more, <clears throat> you're walking that line in a more, fi- uh, in, in, in a more, maybe in a more genuine way which is what Cody would always talk about like it was just like stand to the line with them and, and, and go for it because in the way they played with Richie Reid as you said kind of not really anywhere it looked, never looked like they were going to win so I don't know there was something in that for me where I just didn't think um, it just didn't seem comfortable yeah. though, like you know no, and the thing, on the ball yeah like, I, I don't I just some of them I, I, I thought some of Kenny's backs just didn't look comfortable all right. Um, again, like Joey, and again, I know this argument has been over Mac about the style of play, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but like, I thought Richie Reed, like the one thing in the centre back is you have to be certain about is your your positioning and where you're going to take that alignment. And I just don't think he was comfortable in in that capacity. And then it kind of didn't allow him to get into you know, his first probably real All Ireland final as a player. I thought Mikey Butler was very very uncomfortable in the sense of. Do you know what I mean? I just thought he he wasn't as assured. And obviously, I know he received some of the puck outs, but even in general play, it wasn't probably till Peter maybe came in him that he kind of seemed a little bit more comfortable maybe near the end. And I, I just, I, I, I think maybe in some respects, Kenny may have shown Limerick a little bit too much respect. Okay, mm. in the sense that, do you know what I mean? In terms of styles and positions and everything else, I know that's been the argument about sure Kenny sure they don't do coaching or whatever else and just go out and hurl the game that ignorant argument that was that sometimes labelled but I think yesterday even with as the clear again being a template they just went for them like and like in fairness to Kenny they matched them in terms of conversion rate it was I think they had 72% conversion rate they matched them for a lot of it in terms of clean puck outs they matched them as much as they could in terms of clean puck outs one so like there was huge and in terms of natural ability and everything else Kenny weren't found wanting yesterday. They weren't found wanting in terms of physicality. But I just, maybe where they were found wanting a little bit was they just, at times, Limerick got their scores a little bit easier than what they should have. And that came from, it's as simple in my book as not being close enough to your players or not being aggressive enough. Like, and as a forward mm. looking there yesterday, I know Kenny, it was a tough physical game, but I don't think any Limerick forwards really got hassle from playing against Kenny. I thought as a forward, the last thing you want to do is be... Oh, mauled continuously and yeah. whereby you have to strike out in frustration or do something to get rid of your man I mm. don't think he can he came with that extra and whereas Claire yeah. did yeah. that's why that game teetered on the brink of all out war yeah. times because Claire came with that irritable sense of, of defending whereby do you know what I mean they're just going to frustrate you and that I, I, I do <clears> think Kikenny will have a huge frustration after yesterday but I also think mm. it might be the breeding ground to show them for next year in the sense that in terms of belief and to know that hold up a second we are very so close to beating them like you know mm-hmm. that, you know the great photo there between um, Tony Kelly and Sean Finn from the Munster final mm-hmm. Sean you know the two of them basically yeah. hands up they both have each other by the throats like they're kind of looking in and going come on so yeah, like you know yeah. Tony Kelly brought it there to Limerick that day and they got the whole crowd going mm-hmm. and there was a moment there yesterday where own Cody had come back and he hit uh, Kyle Hayes. Kyle Hayes hit him back. Carol Hickory came over <laughs> and hit him as well. It was kind of like, oh, okay, that's no, we're not, we're not going to get into this then. But no one else can have ran in. Yeah. It needed a fight, yeah, yeah to get yeah. Kenny going. It needed something. Like even Billy Ryan was doing his best. And when he got the goal, he was the fist pumping up, trying mm. to get the crowd going. Like, come on! But it needed a row to just really ignite Kenny or get something going. But the, you're right. Fifty minutes of the game, you're kind of going, okay, there's a point yeah. down the field. There's another point. Like after twenty minutes, there was twenty scores. Yeah. I think, Davy, in terms of, I think the first fifty to me was very like Cork and Clare in 2013. 
great ball, great phenomenal scoring, and people like it was. It was probably like one of those kind of one of those kind of masters golf competitions where the course plays really easy and you see all these exquisite shots. Whereas the part that I loved was the last twenty because that was 0-9-10 and that was like the the fucking the British Open where you've trying to shoot two over to win it. It just that it's it's just the kind of trying to stay alive and but the one thing I just I felt that about Kenny that that sense of aggression. All right. And it's like oftentimes you'd have kids and you try to teach kids about marking, right? And then it says, get tight to your man. And like John Ray, they stand the yard off him and they say, that's tight. And now the thing is, get fucking tight to your man. And you show him what getting fucking mm. tight, how it's so much different to getting tight in the sense that you're holding on to his shorts, you're grabbing his arm, you're all over him. And I just think, in terms of going back to the half forward line, I thought Limerick's half forward line, they were just allowed that little bit of leeway that allowed them that freedom to do what they ended up doing. Mm. And I said, for me, I just, that's, I thought Kenny might bring a little bit more of it. And that to me was the, the only disappointment of what was a, a superb performance from Kenny. Like, let, let it not be forgetting, forgotten that that is their best performance in three years, too. Like, but again, again, that after the Sunday game, remember they had it after, um, they showed Gerald Hegarty and were kind of going, he's got sent off again. And, and they were kind of saying, well, why is he getting sent off? And they had a, they had a photo or they had a video of him from behind the goals. It was the clear halfback, I forget who it was at the time, basically just got him in a headlock and, and dragged him to the ground on puck outs. In other yeah. words, you're not getting the ball. So it's exactly what you're talking about. But they were just allowed run left and run right. Nobody laid a finger on him at all yesterday. It was just a nice and casual, it's over the bar again. <laughs> I'd say, I haven't looked back in a game, but I'd say if they're nearly showing the highlights, of a Kilkenny score or a Kilkenny wide straight away I'd say the ball is ticked over the bar and Murphy's taking a puck out instead of uh, Nicky Wade by the time yeah. the actual restart yeah. by the time the camera comes back on I, I, it was it was just too easy which would be you know if you think back to Tommy Welch and JJ Delaney and mm. Jesus you know remember Tommy and Pendergast there in the first minute of the 2008 finals you had him absolutely two of them even though Tommy's like a little terrier and the size yeah. of yeah. Pendergast the two of them going hammer and tongs at each other kind of going if you want to take me on it'll take me on and yeah. it got everyone going that day and Kenny came <clears> out and sure obviously blitzed Waterford. Yeah. It just was, it was lacking that that bit of biting or inten- intensity there yesterday. Yeah. One, I suppose there's there's a couple of possibilities there. One is the character. I'm wondering who the character is. Uh, I would have thought maybe somebody like Padraig Walsh might be that character who would lead that side of the battle. Like I don't expect TJ to lead that side of the battle in some no. respects. But I haven't said that he might. But even though we break down systematically and tactically what happens in games and and the genius of Paul Knurk or, or, or the supposed limitations of Brian Cody or whatever whatever way people look at the tactics game. One of the things I thought or I feel, and it's just it's the, the way I process games, I suppose, was the semi-final Kilkenny went from nowhere to all of a sudden showing this like this this cap- this capability. And it was a little bit like the cat's out of the bag. Like it was like this is um Oh, actually, Kilkenny are, are, are right yeah. in it for this. From a Kilkenny perspective, I was thinking, Jesus, I wish that the cat was still in the bag from the semi-final and yeah. that they, they that they had this, they, they were still going to show the Harlem world that they weren't going to be put down because, and this is where the tactics for me are, are, are just, are, are useless, is... The fight, the fight that Niall is talking about, or the lack of the fight, that extra 5%. There was loads of fight in Kilkenny. There's no question about that. There was loads of fight in Kilkenny. But that extra 5% of fight that says, I'm going to cross the line first and fight you, yeah. not I'm going to wait for you to fight me. Yeah. I'm going after you. I, you're the, I'm not the hunted. I'm going to hunt you. That wasn't there. And... It's a, it's a very and young I, and inexperienced team as well. And it they, is, it is too. You know, yeah. you can talk about. I know, you can go down to the whole team. Like, if you know, if you take out Owen Murphy, who's played in finals, and TG Reid, like the rest of them is very, very inexperienced. They, mm. Who was one? Uh, who was one in All Ireland on the field of play? Mm. Besides TJ and Owen, obviously Connor Fogarty has come comes on there for a minute or two, and. Richie Hogan comes on and Wally Welsh does, but very few of that team have. Like they don't have the the experience of yeah. and the ar- bit of arrogance there, kind of to actually bring it to a bring it to the opposition and kind of go, I'm dictating things today. You might yeah. be the champions, but I'm taking over. And it, it just it's not there. But they they'll come back from that strong. I think Kenny's in a it's in a very good place. I don't see too many of the starting fifteen. TJ won't retire. Like he's only two off Brick Welsh's. Uh, um, record of, of appearances you know he looked up there this morning he's 21 off Pat Horgan so he'll definitely stay on for next year he'll have a baby coming as well he'll want the photo in Crow Park uh, <laughs> it's 
what everyone wants. Is that what's is that what's driving fellas at that point? Like, do they just want to play more ball? Too much babysitting, mate. Too many fellas with two kids can get up to Dublin for Saturday, Sunday, and you're probably still up there. You're not home yet. It's just Sunday. It's just Sunday. Just Sunday. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. We might stay up tonight as well. Who knows? Um, what? Yeah, I don't know, Niall, from, from, from your end of things, looking looking forward, like I, John Kiley's obviously going nowhere, Paul Knurk, I mean, he's getting into the territory of, I don't know, English soccer clubs or I, I, like, you know, he seems to be, I don't know, is it tactically, is it just hurling tactics and his knowledge of hurling or is it, is he just in... Um, does he have a great insight into just how to get the best out of people and those two you know Jim McGuinness seemed to have that how to get the best out of people and that's why he went he could he could cross over to different sports I don't know is, is Paul's insight more much more uh, towards the tactics of the game and then getting lads to play the part in that yeah I suppose look is I suppose like again he was referred to by a couple of commentators as a professor Paul was a year behind me in school again a fellow I just wouldn't know that well um probably a very deep guy in his own way wouldn't go into talking about hurling or tactics I'm sure but yet to those who are close to him and his friends and the boys would tell you probably one of the best best company you could have on a night out great company on that so he just again he is mm. number one in terms of his people skills he's able to mix it and match it both ways. He's close enough in age for a lot of the players to, to be well in tune with their lives and whatever else. But look, as in, in terms of coaching, the one problem that I see for Paul Kinnerk in terms of coaching is God help the guy who comes in behind him. Because like from yeah, the Clare lads, yeah. again, he's like now an ex-girlfriend that they're still pine for. Like, do you know what I mean? No matter who comes in and no matter how good they are, they're still taught about Kinnerk. And obviously with Limerick, like, and he's just broken the game down in terms of like earlier on, you were talking about the kind of performance indicators, the, the tackle counts and all that. Obviously, that's a huge part of the game, backed up by obviously Shawnee and Anna primarily in the backroom team, that they have these KPIs that they're looking to hit. And do you know what I mean? The, the detail of those KPIs, like you're talking about sharp puckouts, it goes into a lot more detail than the normal probably statistician. His ability, their ability to swarm tackle, their ability to execute. Like, do you know what I mean? There's, I know they probably, there was nine frees yesterday, but in general, Limerick didn't give away a lot of silly frees. A lot of them had to give away. Um, their use of possession, their skill levels. Like you look at Dermot Burns' free-taking, how over the course of, like yeah. in 19, probably a couple of frees went to miss on, on Dermot that might have got you over the line. Yesterday, they didn't. Like, do you know what I mean? Against Galway, mm-hmm. they didn't. That all comes down to the depth uh, of Paul. Like, so, to shorten your question, are they going to move on? I don't see why they would. And by God, I, there would be definitely no one in Limerick shouting for their heads anyway at the moment. But, um Look, is it's probably another thing here. Like I suppose, as a Limerick person, you're probably you want to stick. Limerick in the 30s were a predominant hurling county, and up to that point would have been one of the predominant hurling counties, right? And something yeah. badly went amiss between 1940 and today, and I, I, I say that with great respect. When did Mackey retire? Was he not the far? Well, look, probably it's well documented in a, a book here in Limerick about the. The heartbreaking years or Limerick, the unlimited heartbreak, it's well documented that there was a lot of internal strife. And I know Tom Ryan, who would have been obviously the manager during the 90s, massive character in Limerick, would have won all Ireland. He kind of alluded to it maybe during the week about probably internal strife at times. And that he, of his opinion was that there was people within the county that would have been happy enough to go against the grain, uh, basically based on personal issues. So... Like the bigger picture probably for Limerick isn't about Paul Knurk or John Kiley. That ship will sail as it will sail for the next four or five years and have the captains at the helm. But I suppose what then the legacy here in Limerick is that what can grow out of this? Can we now start being considered one of the top four? All right. And that's a very hard road because like John it's again it's documented. John Kiley, obviously a player at Limerick, huge respect in it, but it was not nine, it was when we hit the bottom of the barrel that he Put up the, do you know what I mean? He, he reached out the hand to give that hope. And sometimes it's a lot easier to actually give that support and give that um, uh, that energy when you're actually down. Mm. And I know that sounds <clears throat> contrived, but no, no, it brings sense. out a different sort of emotion in you. That emotion of frustration and being downtrodden, again, we alluded to it with your road, but that brings out more power, more energy, more vibrancy. Mm. Whereas sometimes when you're actually successful, it's a hell of a lot easier for all the parties and Limerick stakeholders outside of the internal group that, but it's a lot easier for a lot of those stakeholders to say, well, our job is done now. Do you know what I mean? And so so the question the record, then in terms of legacy for Limerick is, they, okay, so Canark is settled, John Kiley's settled, the players are all settled, everything is good in the camp. 
when everything is going well, very, very easy to deal with county boards. You know, Kilkenny always seem to get that right because they're always kind of, they're always doing the right thing. So there's no reason to be really at war. Maybe don't have football to deal with and maybe that's going to be a problem in the future too. Who knows? But the question for Limerick is if you're going to be, if we're going to expand the conversation like out of Cork, Tipperary, Kilkenny as being the top three and now we'll be referring to the top four as if in 15 years time, if your county board, if your whole setup uh, is kind of re- is being reimagined or is reimagined from here in a way that's functional, that works, that's not biting itself and eating itself from within, then you'll have that. That's the possibility for long term top four kind of a conversation. If he, if if that, whereas the danger is from what from what you're saying is we we still could eat ourselves from the inside at. Yeah, I don't say it's inherent danger, Gizzy, right? And don't get don't get me wrong here, okay? As in, I could be contrived now as somebody who's trying to preempt the, the downfall of Limerick, but you look at Cork, how hard they're No, it doesn't now. sound like that. It doesn't sound like that anyway. No, no, geez, we're, we're not. And like things are moving in such a unified manner. We're very fortunate that we're in a perfect state of equilibrium at the moment. There's no point in calling it otherwise. But I suppose the key to, to growth is that when you're on top, like, and I know Cody referenced it, you're never at the peak of your powers. There's no point, he referenced it during the week, like he said, that uh, no player never has a stage where they're, they're comfortable. Do you know what I mean? Like where that was when you're at the peak of your powers because it, it's a journey, not a destination in, t- in terms of where you yeah. want to go. And I think for Limerick, I suppose, that's now where we have to channel this huge energy, this huge sense of goodwill, this huge infestation of young lads who want to play with Limerick. How do we channel it to genuinely then consider yourself over a period of 20, 30 years that then you are one of the big hurling counties as opposed to this being another era like the 30s for Limerick where Limerick contested yeah. four All-Irelands. Do you know what I mean? Into 1940 contested four All-Irelands. So to go back to what I'm saying to you, like Kinnerk and John Kiley, they will look after this. They will sail this ship through. But I suppose the big question that we need to do for Limerick is and it's maybe today is not the best day for answering it, but it's, it's how we can get to a stage where we keep on churning out these players. And that's an issue of hunger. Well, I think it's a great day. To, I think it's a great day to ask that, that question. Like, I mean, look at Offaly in the in, you know, the late 90s and the success they had. And it was definitely seemed to be, and it, it, that, it, that's how it... That's how it, it 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 fell out for ten or twelve years. Like there seemed to be awful problems that that they, they felt themselves they didn't make the most of the successes that they were having at the time. They didn't put in the structures and the underage structures and build the academies and do all those things. Mm-hmm. And then they had ten years of what what seemed to be just war from within for, for yeah. and that and then and and the team was slipping back all the time. So you're talking about that, but reimagining it but going forward. So I think it's a good. Yeah, that's like, a fair probably place to be. Like, I'm in a very different position commenting uh, uh, more so than David or any other guests who are decorated with honours of sorts. I actually probably yesterday found, I found yesterday emotional, all right? And this isn't trying to come into mm. it, okay? I found it emotional in the sense that, again, I'd be very quiet at games, but you're looking around at the end and you see the joy, you see the celebration, you see what you wouldn't give to be 12, 14, 16, what I wouldn't give mm. to be my eight-year-old self or nine-year-old self going into it with my eyes wide open with all the ambitions in the world trying to replicate doing what lads are doing and I suppose and I'm not alone and I suppose the party became emotional obviously you're so thrilled that this is now the era that we're living in but there's so many regrets there's so much time Mm. that we spent just falling over ourselves and going from managers to managers and do you know what I mean? Like people, we got amount of kind of broken relationships between players and players and players and county board and county board officials or county board officials because there was just such a sense that you wanted something so much and we were trying to get it and we ended up tripping ourselves up so much along the way. And John, you know, I suppose it's you don't get a chance as, as a player and John, you know, you're trying to finish up. The window is so narrow. <laughs> And that you, yeah. that, you know what I mean? Like you get that small window of opportunity whereby you can achieve your life's ambitions. And once it's gone, it's gone. And a part of me was looking in there yesterday. You're just so envious. I, I, not even so much of the boys who are achieving what they've had because they achieved it with probably without having two, uh, without having ma- the, the level of role models maybe that they should have had in the sense of like any childhood. Mm. But I was so envious of the young lads that they went home last night or today and they're trying to be Gerard Hegarty popping in top corner or, or Declan Hannon being exquisite. And I was looking, mm. and that's where I'm coming back to. That's why the part of me is always looking at the future. Don't let it be a case of this was a wasted opportunity. And that's why 
So that's where, to me, that's where my energy would come from this morning is in, okay, how can we get better? How can our clubs get better? How can we have four or five more schools in the area competing in Hearty Cups, winning Hearty Cups, churning out these kids? Because that's why we will always be envious of Kilkenny, that culture, that unrelenting wheel that keeps on churning out hurler after hurler, club after club. And that's, I suppose, in everything that went on yesterday, you're still left in, in awe of Kilkenny and chasing, doing what they have done over the years. I still think though there's a lot of learnings in what Kilkenny did that, Lim- that Limerick have have looked at that and they're they've rectified like Kilkenny were winning all Ireland's but I, I took we I personally think Kilkenny took their eye off the ball completely at underage level mm, yeah. at that time it was just a case of right we'll try and get the seniors right we'll keep doing everything right up there but there's that minor and twenty one level just you know just you know keep keep just doing what you're doing like you know under 14, 16 just we'll get together <coughs> they're we'll keen have a, they see the culture above they'll, they'll keep doing it they'll yeah. keep doing they'll be grand but they took their eye off at strength and condition I think Limerick boys are a mile ahead a mile ahead like even if he, Dublin had brought in Brian Cullen there and right he, he oversaw absolutely everything like in, in Kildare Paul Divoli is is looking at that at all underage teams right from 14 right up then mm. um, to, to under 20 level there as well but it's not it's not there in a lot of counties and I think that's where we fell down we just again just the strength and conditioning side of things I know we got a gym program there in December one year and we got the next one in July that was it like, that was just the way it was and <laughs> yeah. that was 2013 but little small little things like uh, you need yeah. to be on top of absolutely everything they're starting to get a good structure in they've good men in at, at minor uh, this year they brought you know it didn't it wasn't the best year but simple things as well like they've only they only bought two pitches that's their centre of excellence Kilkenny mm. and one of them has, is floodlit mm. so if Kilkenny if the seniors are on there Tuesday, Friday just say Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday that means the under 20s minors the minors only have one session a week then then they're in the gym and they're maybe on uh, they're on the pitch then on a Sunday morning but they've only one session during the week like it, somebody did, somebody took their eye off the ball and kind of went they were getting they were given the pitches by the council for a euro yeah this new setup, but like, geez, instead of getting two two pitches, two big floodlit pitches or three pitches, and make sure that we just turn this into an absolute yeah. monster of a. Well, place. the other side of that is is that there's a lot of teams who who bought their centres of excellence and put four pitches in and saddled the county with like savage, savage debt because they did it in maybe between 2001 and 2010, like you know, and and, yeah. and all of their resources now are having to go after that. Whereas Kilkenny don't have that, so like, yeah, there's, there's they don't. But you're taking just say just say I don't think you're giving the teams. Th- you know, it's a bit like uh, you'd be all right. Yeah, there's a yeah. small bit of that still there, and I think that then that feeds in. Like that's why we haven't had the success. Like no matter what we say now, Brian did a brilliant job in 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 guiding Kilkenny out of a famine, but they're heading back into one now again. Like mm. it's still eight years now. It, it under twenty, ten, only the under twenty success this year. Yeah, it was a great win, but it was the first time since ten, and then the minors still haven't won since fourteen. Like so. You know, it, are they it, get rid of Cody Brigade going to be out in Kilkenny? Do you think, no, or do you think he 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 answered his critics already, or no, does he, he need to answer his critics? I don't know. He doesn't know. <laughs> I just don't know. Is there any point? I don't even. think he cares, or he'd listen to it. But he'd. Uh, I think Brian. See, it's gone full circle now with everything. Like, because obviously they wanted a lot of people thought maybe change should come in and Sheffin should come in but Sheffin's now up in Galway so if he does go now well Sheffin's in Galway he's going to be there for at least another two years so then they have to find another manager to come in so that mm-hmm. whole kind of just uh, the, the brilliant sequence of Brian leaves and Henry comes in is now broken so they now nearly want him to stay on for another two years to wait till Might Sheffin. have worked in Tipperary that, might not have worked in Tipperary that way but Yeah Yeah It yeah. didn't but it, look the, the way Liam Cal is now back up there again I think it'll work well but I I, I Brian is the kind of person. I suppose the job. What I'm saying is the job is like your your home county. The job is the job. Like you're, the, if the management job comes up, how much of a draw is it? You know. You talking to me? Yeah. Like for, no, for like for for Henry, like timing. He's with Galway, but how much? Well, Liam Cahill, he was with Waterford. There's a project with Waterford. Sorry, but he I know said, what you mean. Yeah. Um, all of a sudden he was gone, and it's like. Well, I, th- I think it, Henry's quite loyal. I'd say there's mm. a huge work put in, like even the sacrifice of leaving your house at five o'clock in the morning and coming back home at eleven o'clock at night mm. to give that up after a year. I think it's kind of unfinished business. I'd say he'd like a, he'd love another year up there just to try and see for himself. Yeah, but it's ultimately it's going to be it's going to be for, for the benefit of Kenny that he has gone up there like to go from club to Kilkenny would have been a massive eye opener and yeah. he probably would have went through a couple of barren years but I actually think when he eventually comes in the experience that he's going to have from Galway to come back into Kilkenny yeah. is going to be immense Kilkenny are just going to benefit like the, hugely from yeah. his experience up there because it is completely different from 
I know he's had great success to All-Irelands at Ballyhale, but to go from Ballyhale then straight to an inter-county job is not easy. The last yeah, day, so the thing with that conversation, I know there's a, there's a dangerous, I might have gone off track in what I was saying. So like, as in, hold up, I'd say that it's not that I'd be undermining Kilkenny, the processor. Well, I suppose, well, like, again, the way I look at it is, Kilkenny are always competitive. Like, irrespective of what people think of whatever managers for Kilkenny at 20th senior, there is no, they have always been competitive. I suppose the problem maybe that you probably have, David, is you're critiquing them based on the Joe you know I mean the greatest team of all time, which probably is an unfair par- it is. it's an unfair parallel to draw to any team. I probably would critique him slightly different. I, I might critique that like any team that played yesterday off the team of the of the, the late nineties team that contested the All Irelands in ninety eight and not not. I then I think when you put him up against them, it shines probably a different light on him. But I suppose uh, again it's it's just there a challenge comes. It set it, it presents a unique set of challenges when you're successful in any walk of life. And trying to create that hunger and trying to keep guys going. And I suppose that's, as I said, for Limerick today or whatever, that probably presents the challenge in it. Um, just one other thing there, lads. I felt it was a very different All Ireland final weekend. Um, yeah. I felt really, yeah, yeah. I, again, no minor. because I didn't travel yeah. up and you weren't following around Cassidy's or somewhere on a Saturday night or trying to get into Coppers at half four. Maybe that's probably why it was different. It comes with age, maybe. But I just felt, I even looked at teams I, killing yeah. cut sevens. But you, I know this Downey, your own, your own county men, David, they, they won it. I just thought, even when I looked at it, Jesus, it was a really kind of weak looking seventh. And maybe that's what the club championship's coming up there. And then, and I know mm. they spoke at depth about the All Ireland minor final, but it was a huge loss yesterday. Um, and I know, like most people, probably didn't hit into Crow Park at 5 3, 10 3. We never got to see the Jubilee teams. You would know minor final. I just, it, it, as I said, as a Limer person, obviously, a sense of occasion was going to be there. But how many neutrals? would have travelled yesterday. Like Limerick put 60,000 bums on seats there. There's very few counties who will travel, maybe the exception of Cork, that would travel with such numbers. What would have been the turnout there yesterday if Galway had had to play Kilkenny? Would you have had 65, would you have had 70,000 people there? I just, I thought it lacked a little bit um, of what it, what it is, what it is um, to most hurling people. Like. The only thing is, I, I, it is, it's a small bit rushed at the end of the year. You have a semi-final, you've only yeah, two weeks. Yeah. You'll barely get in one training session, a decent training session between a semi-final and a final. Everything is squeezed in. You know, even straight away you have the football it next week. It feels squeezed in. Like Every, it, it does. It, but look, at the, I don't know what the right answer is. You drag it out, well, then you're going back to basic. Then you're going back to yeah. the way it was. We're dragging on another two weeks or three weeks. Even even having the camogie on next week or ladies football mm. and, then the, and then the men's football is on the week after would have been lovely because it's it just gives it enough time. But I'd say today everyone's going to be talking about uh, Limerick success. Tomorrow then it's like, okay, Kerry Galloway. Yeah. It's just, it's over very very quickly the whole thing it does seem to be but I, I mean the, the way that it, the way that it works is we all you, like you feel it you know I mean September the first Sunday in September was mm. like a, a ritual like a ritual of the GA community like the, the minor final the jubilee team the like there was a sense of ceremony like that we were all taking part in something like and it was you know you knew what it was you knew how it was going to be structured and we're in that time and that's what it was and then it was moved and now we just feed back through the likes of this or through the papers or whatever. You just feed back like, well, that felt actually a little bit rushed. And Brian Cody said as much as well, maybe a couple of weeks. Like it doesn't need to go back. We're not saying go back to the 1st of no. September. Maybe go back a couple of weeks. Maybe the pushback against the inter-county game in favour of the club, which is like, you know, the pushback against wealthy people who they, who were, who you know, destroying you know capitalism destroying the world it's all you know anti the elite or whatever it is mm. and you say well okay like let's not uh, go so hard against the inter-county game because there's actually a lot of benefit to the inter-county game being a very yeah. strong thing it's not all about the it's not just about the club there's also the inter-county game and there for a while the club was it was there was a big lament to say like the club needs its time and the club certainly does need its time but maybe it's just a couple of weeks later because it did feel Overall, the season felt very, very rushed. Yeah. It was coming thick and fast, you know. So that's the possibility. It's not. I don't think. I don't think anybody's calling for a, a return to no. September. You it's know, it's not an easy thing to. It's not an easy thing to get right. Like. I'm sure there's going to be a review of the at the end of the year. It's the first year since COVID. Mm. Like last year, they, they only had half a half a stadium. So it, it's. I'm sure they'll look back over and kind of go right. Where can we actually? They'll sit down at the end of the year. Where can we try and find some bit of improvements? Do we have replays and semi-finals? And if there is a draw or whatever, yeah. do we push things out? A small bit. I I would say everyone would love that. I'd say mm. even just managers and players because it is just a, it is a head wreck to to. It's constant game on game on game. One injury there nearly rules mm. you out for a year. Even the Keen Lynch thing there, you know, just a hamstring injury, and next thing all of a sudden you're you're gone for ten weeks. You missed a whole year basically. Mm. It's it's there's ways and means, but I'm sure they'll look back on it and try and drag it out a small bit. But mm. 
Just not. That's all. It's all. This is a week or two. Yeah, that's it. Niall, um, can I just say, I, I, I like a lament, uh, definitely of mine, and, and I feel what you were saying uh, earlier about the emotion of the experience. I don't feel like I get to go to enough games anymore. Um, West Kerry is 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 it's, it's a hall to get to games in Thurles or Wexford. I want only want to re- like in some respects what I want to see is Wexford games as well, and to go to Wexford Park is like a, it's like flying to New York, like you know. So. I haven't been to as many games as I'd like to um, and that leaves you feeling a little bit disconnected from things. Uh, you don't realise it because you're just disconnected. You don't realise that you are. But going to the final yesterday um, and particularly there was a, like the game itself was its own occasion and you're digesting it and enjoying it and everything else. And then at the end, Limerick, you're a lady, is playing and there's this kind of little bit of a sense of, uh, you know, certainty and perfection about what they've done and how they've done it and then Dolores comes on and I know it's been I know it's maybe well worn or whatever but when Dolores comes on and you hear this like something grows in the crowd that's like unique a unique Limerick spirit is just infused in Crow Park and I felt really kind of grateful to just observe it and to watch it and what I've seen in the last few couple of years down in uh, West Kerry as well is you've got the Limerick tourists coming down and they're maybe fair weather fans or whatever they are I'm not sure but I found them at times to be a little bit obnoxious and in your face not how I associate hurling fans to be and I was kind of a little bit like Limerick I'm not sure I'm not sure but yesterday it was lovely to be in amongst the hurling fans of Limerick and to feel that spirit on the field and to see the players in the middle relaxed it was a real yeah it was a real joy to just just to witness you do your thing you know yeah I suppose there probably what you had your your experience there of tourists is probably a little bit of new money versus old money uh, mm. in terms of how they, they conduct themselves. But I suppose the one thing and again you spoke about Dolores, like I know as Limerick people, right? Like on Limerick's crest is, is Quivnik or Limnick, right? And that tended to be our, our battle. Like remember Limerick, and that's going back to sixteen ninety three. Patrick Sarsfield, the flight of the wild geese. Right, like that's where history, that's who you are, that is your people. Same way as, do you know what I mean? Kilkenny has its, its own unique heritage. And I suppose that, to me, as Cricket. a Limerick person, <laughs> but like to me, as a Limerick person, as that is my county. That's my home. Yeah. Like the first people I often reference it here, the first people in my, both my parents are Tipperary people, the first person that was a friend of theirs in Castle Connell was legendary uh, Mick Hickey. He was a publican here in Castle Connell. He was part of the team in 36 and 40. We were reared in our kits, performing outside, banging balls into the garage door. And he tell me that you're going to be, do you know what I mean? You're, you're next Paddy Scanlon or you're the next power next Mackie like that is to me what you felt there yesterday because that was that is our people mm. all right and you can have all the mm. processes and everything else that is that is our people and I suppose that has reawakened that in us and it's not so long ago all right that forget about even going back to the noughties where we were fighting internally and hurling ways there was not so long ago where we had to get prominent Limerick people to have a campaign saying I am from Limerick we were known as Stab City. We were the butt yeah, of everybody in Dublin, yeah, the media. Yeah. Everything was Stab City. Absolutely, man. 100 assaults in Dublin of a night. But if a, a lad got mm. a, a knife or whatever, pulled him in Limerick, this was blown up. And we had to try and mm. market ourselves. And like in all the things that JP has done, he has made everyone mm. so proud to be from Limerick. And I know it's, Jesus, mm. I wish JP is one. Like, he just radiates the simplicity of who we are or who, do you know what? More so even who you are, who you want to be. All right, and that's yeah. why. Yeah. And again, I'm probably blue in the face. Right? I still come back to Kilkenny. All right, and I still come back to just their sense of people. Like I don't know, I was reference made to it last night in the Sunday game, but whatever about Kilkenny stand out for presentation, they showed the most dignified, respectful way they carried themselves in the minutes thereafter, where they stayed out in the pitch when all you wanted to do was crawl into a hole, feel sorry for something. And that was led by Cody, and, and I know. I was probably, I, I was critical of what happened with Sheffield and blah, 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 but you still saw him yesterday. He still led his men. And it wasn't until he saw fit to kind of make his way off the pitch that mm. Kenny people did it. And that's why, and I know David spoke earlier, that Kenny people, they always had this sense of respect from Limerick. Um, and again, they always felt that we were normal, honest, down-to-earth people. Maybe that's because we never had a reason to be boastful or, or bragging. All right, and but that's where Kilkenny, that's where we still aspire to be in them. But go back to Dolores, like she was Limerick City, all right. And as we say here, mm. she was Limerick City kid, all right. And I suppose that just <laughs> sense of people that, that that was just to me on top. And I know Declan spoke about the emotion, we were just very proud to say yesterday, I'm from Limerick. 
Mm, lovely. Yeah, yeah. I spent a week there working a couple of years ago and I felt that there was actually, it was noticeable that people would be going out of their way to to disarm, like, is, to say hello to you and to, like, and to be friendly and to say this is not, you're okay here, you know. It was like, the, it seemed like a concerted effort from everybody. Like, I'm sure it was just natural and native to them in some respects, but there also was maybe the, 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 the knock-on from that idea of the place being dangerous to now people kind of saying, no, 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 this is like, this place is good, you know. So it's nice to see that, uh, it's nice from the outside to see Limerick coming back with what it's coming back with because it's certainly, like, in music, in spoken word, rap, like, there's a lot of good stuff coming out of Limerick City at the moment that's like, yeah, that we maybe, maybe was fashioned out of what you were talking about earlier uh, out of that bit of hardship and that bit of you know, the criticisms that you were getting and what was being labelled at you in the national media for so long kind of shapes the the jewel like you know you get that bit of pressure and, and what's coming out now is yeah we're seeing it on the hurling field as well I suppose yeah, they conduct themselves brilliantly That's, mm. that is led straight, straight from the manager all the way down I love the way again last night that Carolyn Curd was she was up on stage there. Mm. Love the way like that John Kelly would be pushing someone else up there just to try and take the limelight off himself. He just mm. that's the kind of person that he just seems to be. Yeah. You know, on Declan Hannon as well. Again, Jesus, what an achievement four times to to captain an all Ireland. My God, team. what a f- like he's turned into the Stephen Cluxton there of, yeah, of he's just ridiculous. the way he conducts himself. Mm. Jesus, he, he's a, a gent of a man to ever meet off the field as gent. well. Yeah. I found I found even um just even out afterwards, I stayed on for an hour in Crow Park just to just enjoy, I suppose, the occasion that it's there. You don't want to go home, like. Mm. But the the players all stayed out in the pitch and they just sat down there and they just had a chat. Like normally, yeah. back in the day, you get back into the dressing room and everyone's going absolutely nuts, you know. And the the milk is going, the Lucas is going, everyone's just singing and dancing. But the lads just sat down. They just soaked they it in. Yeah, they soaked it all in. They didn't get carried away. They mm. just seemed like they're. That's the scary thing about it. Like yeah. is that this is nearly routine now. We're, they're going to mm-hmm. go home and they'll enjoy themselves. They they seem like lads that'll enjoy themselves, and then they'll have the winter and then they'll come back. And John Kylie said we'll be ready to go again in January. Mm-hmm. He said that one because it's a scary enough thought to see them coming back again, especially the young lads coming on off the bench then as well. And mm-hmm. said, it's a, it's a scary thought to see a team wear their success lightly. You'd almost yes. be hoping when they do that they do lose. They, you know, they do yeah. go straight in and lose the rag because in the losing the rag there's an opportunity for other people, Absolutely. other teams to come in. Whereas when you wear your successes lightly, you can also wear your failures lightly and you're always kind of, which is what Kilkenny have maintained for a long time, you just you just maintain that, yeah, a, a, a better line than, we'll say, like a Wexford and up and a, a yeah. 25-year cycle of up and down. Like, and, There's you know, a fair grounding in those lads. You just know by yeah. them, the way that they conduct themselves, just sitting out on the pitch, enjoying life, just enjoying taking in the whole moment. You just know that they're... It's 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 in those kind of moments that you you try and savor and remember and then want to get back to again. But David, mm. just even Rather even in terms of Declan there, that's, and again I, I know like he's the most, he's one of the most recognisable figures of that number team. Like I, I was fortunate enough that I came across Declan as a kid, and okay, and obviously you want to be a fool not to recognise his talent, but he's just so ordinary. De- uh, people ask you, what, Declan is Declan, and he's always been Declan. He has never ever changed. He is like mm. Tuesday there, they go back to a dare. You could find Declan sipping away there for a pint and watch the racing in Plumpton for the day with a newspaper in front of him. And he'd tell you himself, that's where he would probably be at his best. I see it here with the boys we have in the club, Dan and Tom. And actually, a very quick aside, they were joined by a third half player uh, on the extended panel this year. He'd made the panel for a number of games, including the most fine, but Kieran Barry. There was a guy you spoke about earlier, David. You spoke about uh, lads in their 20s aspiring to something. This was a guy who played 21s maybe three, four years ago. Probably his final game to beat my car had a rough night of Shane Barrett. This guy during lockdown, and lads, he came back from it. I mean, no, he came back from it transformed. I remember talking to him after training one evening, and I said to him, you're looking to make the Limerick panel. And he said it to me, yeah, he says, I am. And if he'd said that to any of his buddies or anybody in the club, they'd probably nearly have, ah, oh, Jesus, Karan, you're hallucinating, man. Are you that arrogant to think you make it? But this guy, as in, again, like that, just the dirt of work that he did to get to a position where he was part of an All-Ireland final day. Like, that is the role models that these guys are. And it is as simple as they say it. And as much as you'd love to come up with some crazy formula, they are so ordinary off the pitch. On the pitch, they're extraordinary. But just work, work, work. And the influence that that is having on guys wanting to be part of that unique kind of... Mm that unique synergy. Like, as I said, the proof is in the pudding probably for some of the guys who didn't even make the panel yesterday to say, like Mike Hool and Ushin O'Reilly, two guys from Clamanac, the very same, who've gone to extraordinary lengths to develop themselves 
in their mid-twenties, that is possibly the immediate legacy of what Limerick have achieved. Yeah, yeah. Look at <clears throat> we could talk for yeah. I talked. I I, I talked for another couple of hours on this. To be honest, uh, it's uh, it's 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 easy going. There's so much. There's, there's so much in what's what I think both Limerick and Kilkenny have represented as well. The teams you're part of, Dave. But just I think Brian Cody's contribution overall. Anyway, like you know, Limerick had to. They still had to grind out their win, and they were always going to meet an honest effort, whatever else. And the problem now is Brian was talking about it for. It's talking about it for the last twenty years, when the spirit is right. And unfortunately now the spirit is right, but it's in the spirit's right in Limerick. Uh it's right in, in Kilkenny still as well, but the better players at the moment, it just seems to be they they've they've hit their golden patch, but the spirit is right. Yeah. Uh and that's and it's clear for all to see. And then when that happens, like that's you don't yeah, you can you can kind of accept it a little bit and say, Well, look at they're playing the game in an honest way. And when you said that, Niall, it definitely triggered something to me. You know, you're talking about not being the, the decorated player, not having the All Irelands or whatever All Stars. I don't know what the decorated player is to you, but I think to be decorated is to have played the game well and to play the game strongly and manly and, and honestly. And, and uh, Jesus, there's not too many uh, who, who played it more so that way than you. Um, that's all, yeah, that's all we've time for. Niall, thanks very much. Uh, enjoy the Gaelic grounds uh, if you're going. The train driver, um, he might he might stop on the way down to uh, to West Kerry. He, he tell him to pull in there in Limerick there for a couple of hours. There, Gizzy, we'll find we'll find a I bed think, for you. We'll find some form of a bed for you. Maybe get you a few jobs. I tomorrow. think the three o'clock train goes to Limerick Junction, and I know there's a seven o'clock train leaving Limerick Junction. So who knows? Um, Dave, thanks very much for coming up from from Kilkenny. You know, it's a, a tougher a tougher morning, and there's plenty of fruit to be picked down at home. But it's uh, great to be in studio uh, with you. And to be chatting about the game thanks very much thanks very much um, that's all we've got time for we'll be back next week to yeah just to look over the whole season to see where everything lies after Limerick's incredible win yesterday of which it was a pleasure to be part of Ple- pleasure to be there as well and one of the things that I had missed at the games or, or having not been to the games was yesterday afterwards I got to chat to a lot of people who came up and were talking about the podcast and saying that they were listening and James Ryle is this and Niall Moran is that and but it was there was a lovely interaction and and a, and a lovely feedback and it was great to meet the people who listen and you got a sense of, of gratitude for the people who do listen and uh, and who pick things apart because they're listening really intently uh, and it was lovely to, to be there in amongst all the lads um, and, and to get that so that was a, a real joy of the game yesterday too so we'll catch you next week thanks very much you're listening to the GAA Hour with Dear Ling on Sports Joe. Donald Donovan is the left corner back. He hits it. He hits it. Wow. It's over the bar. Oh, holy Moses. What a match. There's been a missing person in Clare for 81 long years. Well, today, that person has been found alive and well. And that person's name is Liam McCarthy. They know as much about serious level sport as I know about the sleeping habits of the Ayatollah. There's a, a streaker on the ground now. He must be a Kilkenny man because he's quite happy with the situation right now.